This episode of Discuss Metal was recorded on March 11th, 2022. Our memories of metallic hardcore and metalcore. This is the Discuss Metal Podcast with Joel Bailey of Society's Finest. Hosted by Dan Terry and Joseph Wren. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And I think the audience would agree that nervous is, in fact, the word of the day. Nervous is the word of the day. Dude, I, I'm super nervous right now because I'm not really. I just got home from work. I don't actually feel <laughs> I don't feel anything right now. I feel nothing. This yes. is the buffer in the beginning of the show where we wait for people to start watching and say, hello. Oh, yeah. well, that'd be so sad. It's like Twitch all over again. I mean, it's only been four hours, but somebody might show up. So that's me on Twitch at three in the morning. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to my uh, Age of Empires three uh, stream. Oh, dude, Dragon Warrior, this guy. All right. Yeah. We're playing Dragon Warrior at four o'clock in the morning. Thanks for watching my show, guys. Uh, all right. <laughs> It's another blue slime. The quest. Dude, that's that's your next stream. The quest to 50 metal slimes. Uh, that's not going to happen, man. They're, they're <laughs> ran- that's, random, that's random number generation. It's not going to happen. Like, I'll never run it. I've had entire runs of that game and never ran into a metal slime a single time, so... I don't I don't see that happening <laughs> even even a little bit. Not in this century. Oh man. Oh man, indeed. Well, we are gonna have a fun conversation tonight. And um that's a demand. So, you know, if, if you guys are starting to feel like it's not fun, make make it fun. I mean, you know, like like this. Oh, it's fun. It's let's fun. spice it up a little bit, you know. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's funny, I'm clicking on I'm clicking on my video. It's like it's like your it's like your video's live now, and I was like, that's weird because I don't see it. Nor, nor did I get a notification at all. Dude, you're not supposed to watch yourself while you're live. You get some serious echo and feedback from that. What's the point? You'll break the, the, the space time continuum. What's the point if I can't look at my beautiful face? You'll, you you'll, break, you'll break the simulation. That's right. We're in a simulation again. Yeah. No, did you hear about like literally like Grimes told her like she was inter- doing some interview and she was like Elon literally believes that. She's proof that he's living in a simulation. Weird. And no, he believes no, that no, and no, makes so, me an oh, electric car that they, can drive they, itself. I'm cool have, with that. They have two kids, right? And they they're life partners. But do you know who she's dating? No. Okay, it's it's hilarious because I just but I I bet if I gave you two thousand guesses, neither one of you guys would be able to guess who she is currently dating. I'm gonna go on a limb and say Joe. I want me? you to no, hold on. I want you to guess. It's not guess. me, dude. I'm telling you, it's not me. Okay, go for it. Tell me what you think. <laughs> and I want to know what Dan thinks. Um, first question is it? No, there's no someone question. I should know. Just throw out a name. Yes, the answer will be yes. Of course, it's a name you know. Dave just, Lombardo. No, but wow, that'd be interesting. Okay, go, Dan. Just throw out a name because honestly, if you picked a name out of a phone book, you'd probably have about the same odds as Joe just had. I don't know. I mean, everybody's dating Pete Davidson now. No, uh, Grimes is currently dating Chelsea Manning. Okay. I didn't know that they no. lived in Austin. Yeah. And they okay. do. And I guess that she's she's having children in a life partner with Elon, but her and Chelsea, I guess, are I don't know. How does it I don't know. Whatever, man. 
this is how we're going to start this conversation. That's Go how we're DM. starting it. We're going it. We're going it. Best 90s. <laughs> yeah. Well, in case you guys didn't know, this is Discuss Metal Live. This is where we're live. We're unfiltered. We are just doing our thing. And this is one of those fun sort of shows where, you know, we don't have to, um, you know, edit anything. And by we, I mean Joe, because I don't edit anything. <laughs> I let him do everything. Before we get started, I just want to say happy 311 day, guys. Uh, hey, is Amber the color of your energy? Not, not yet, but I have some light bulbs. I can make it Amber. Uh, Give listen, me a second. I'm just going to say, no, like, it, there know, we go. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this literally with all sincerity. Like, I know 311 is whatever they are currently. If you rewind to 1992, 93, as like a junior in high school, seeing 311 in a club off the, the first album, you know, the music album. And then again, the following year on the grassroots album, like I'm a lifelong fan of that band. Like, I don't really listen to them currently, like, you know, in the current, like grateful dead form kind of thing that they are. Like I appreciate it and dig it. But like, I don't think people understand what they meant to music. And, and again, this is going to reflect upon the conversation we're going to have tonight. What a band in 1992, 1993 doing what they did meant you know what i mean are you saying that applied science directly really directly leads to all things hardcore metalcore um in 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 a, in a roundabout way uh, plus meth so much <laughs> meth yeah <laughs> i'm just saying listen people want to beat up on green on 311 how does it green day 311 and like like 311 honestly like it's because like if you followed 311 for those first two albums even the third album like you would imagine someone telling you, and that, hey, guess what, guys? In 2020, they're going to be the Grateful Dead of rap rock. They do play four-hour shows with <laughs> I, a break in the middle, so but imagine you're not entirely wrong. Imagine someone telling the middle school you that. The middle school me was down for that. <laughs> Back in middle school, it's down yeah, for dude. it today. Do I want to see 311 play all their hits with a teleprompter for five hours? Yeah. Yes, I do. I mean, there's what I would have told you in middle school. When they moved it, when they moved it from New Orleans to Las Vegas, is when you and it it, it it jumped the shark. One hundred percent, no question. All right, guys, we're changing format. Let's do all this. things three eleven. <laughs> Let's go three eleven pop. I think the dean of new metal just tuned out. That's all I know. That's all I know about three eleven. Really, I mean, it's weird because you asked me if amber was the color of my energy. Is that the same thing as is is that the same thing as like the urine chart? Because if that's my color, I might need to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh my god! Should I drink more water? I'll drink more water. J u a n b o n d. So what are we talking about tonight, Dan? Well, a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about uh, will be the acquisition of everybody's favorite uh, music website. Bandcamp, the the lifeblood mm. of so many favorite, mm. so many of my favorite bands, and everyone else's by a major corporation, which feels mm. a little weird to me. Um, and you know, maybe this is old news. I know somebody's gonna be like, "This is so last week they did this live." I don't know why they're even talking about this because um, it's important to me. So I, I, I gotta I gotta throw it out there real quick. So in case you didn't know, um, Bandcamp was bought by Epic Games. <laughs> Yes, that is that is Epic Games, i.e. Fortnite, uh, Epic Games, and honestly, I'm I'm trying to figure out what they gain from that, other than like a shitload of money. But I can like, tell you right now, hit me because I'm very curious. Here's what they're doing. They're, they're they're basically they're stepping in front of the bullet. 
what they're doing is basically so do you remember the whole oh, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Okay. Backpack kid they're, with the floss. Okay. They're trying to basically prevent that from happening again, period. Basically, the the pittance that it costs them to purchase band camp, whatever, is gonna basically allow them the opportunity to the same thing that other websites have sort of done to like pretend like they are um including creators. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could see that. This is, but, being, the, the, yeah, but, but they're going to have the power. And look, I'm all about it. Like look, on their side, it makes sense. And on the creator's side, if if you look at that, because people, kids are literally looking at his Fortnite and stuff as an opportunity to blow up. You know what I mean? Like that's their chance to hit a lick. And when when Bandcamp, you know, like original music you know djs and what it's a very wide range of things that bank offers but when now that that's purchased by epic that's going to give people in their mind an opportunity to just cut straight to what they want to be in they want to be in movies well, well when we were young i want to get my song on a movie or on a tv show and stuff. now kids want to get their song on a video game right yeah and this is so. literally like it makes sense because like all the all the creators and stuff that are making music that are growing up in that culture, and now it's 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 going to be like a symbiotic thing. That's just my viewpoint, personally. I had not I had not uh, thought about it fr- thought of it from that angle. I just well, thought no, you know what this big is company do, do, trying you guys to make a dollar. You guys remember Hollywood Records? I do. Simon Says, remember the, uh, the yeah. only band I remember that. Like the whole point was they were going to create a record label that was literally kind of geared towards getting movies. Or, I mean, getting getting bands. Hollywood exp- that was it was weird it was kind of a because I remember because I was in a band at that time and like we we're like oh that's awesome you know this is basically the 2020 version of that like we're basically skipping the middleman and we're going to basically purchase the company that gives young people that are making young creators a chance to put their music in in games right away just just bam put them together I'm okay with that but it always worries me when something everybody latches onto that becomes the standard gets bought out because I'm not worried about them buying it. I'm worried about what they're going to change and it won't take five years for them to change it. There was a time when nobody had a good way to distribute music. And then everybody remembers <laughs> the Napster days back 20 years ago. Then MySpace became a thing. So now a band can put their music online and people can hear it for the first time. Yeah. Bandcamp was the first platform to fully distribute high quality music and get paid for it. How many records do we buy on Friday when our discord server gets blown up by Bandcamp Friday recommendations? The answer is all of the music way too much, way too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. So now what's going to happen in five years when, well, Bandcamp is going to make some changes that I don't think we'll have to wait five years. I don't either, but it that's that's what worries me is now do we want to skip ahead and just look for the next thing or is it really going to stay the same? Because that's the promise they made. We're going to keep the same formula. We just have more help, more financial help. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only the only issue I see with that down the road is it doesn't end up being the golden goose that Epic Games thinks that it is. And then they end up dropping it. And then, you know, does Bandcamp continue in some capacity or do we just create Bandcamp 2 at that point and then just move forward with that? I mean, I think that's I mean, Bandcamp is largely the reason why band like stuff like Bandcamp and even social media before that is the reason why why bands don't have websites anymore. They don't have self-hosted you know type of stuff because 
it is an all in one, you know, encompassing place where they can sell their music. And a lot of the times, like, do you think we're still going to get Bandcamp Fridays and stuff like that where they we better get Bandcamp Fridays? If it's not broke, don't fix it. They, like, I think uh, like like a lot of companies that are that are swinging in and kind of taking over larger, smaller companies, they're not going to screw with the recipe. Like you don't buy Coke and mess with the recipe. You know, Are like you sure about that? No, I, mean, they, I, no, they I do. I do. I think they're they're not going to screw. What they're going to do is they're going to kind of do new things with their new toy. Like they're not going to screw with it. Like they're not. They're going to make. Okay, let's say you buy Coca Cola. You're not going to screw with Coca Cola or Diet Coke. What you're going to do is you're going to make a uh, Coke ice cream. You know, you see what I'm saying? Ugh. I know it's a yeah. shitty <laughs> example, but they're not. Gonna, they're not going to mess with the money maker. What they're going to do is that they, they someone over there has a vision for what they could do and they're going to do, but they're, they're not going to stop. Like why screw with what's already a successful, you know what I mean? Because somebody's going to look at it and say, how can we cut cost and yeah, thus make more yeah. money? Well, that'll, that'll happen. Yeah. But that, but that's what you're talking about. Like if it doesn't do what they think it will in the next couple of years, that's what will happen. Like it's either going to like, it's, it's either basically going to be the next big thing or it will be the next, um, uh, what's the, What's the video service that literally is already gone um, that uh, Kevin Hart had a show on and stuff? Remember? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are, are the, next snap, the next Snapchat, or not Snapchat, but you know what I'm talking about? Like, it'll yeah. be the next thing that like someone buys and they thought they could do something, or it will be like, and it'll be the, that, that stepping stone from the indie artist to the corporate level. You know what I mean? Like it'll basically allow corporations an opportunity to bypass record labels, bypass management, bypass lawyers, all that jazz. And it'll basically give EA, which is a giant um, corporation or is it eat way Epic games, sorry, not EA, Epic games, excuse me, not EA. I it's, easy to, it's easy to blame EA. I know. Well, I'm old. So <laughs> uh, yeah. And Oh God. EA. Anyway, but um, as long as they're not well, anyway, so, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's kind of like that, like the, basically they're just basically just kick just, just hey all the middlemen and record labels and oh we, we want to get a deftone song we have to, well, no no we'll just get the next deftones guy that's on bandcamp and great you know what i mean that's what they're doing and it's either going to work or it won't and if it doesn't it's a tax write off and you know what i mean and it's sad that that's the way things are but god dude like if you think if you if i feel so bad for artists like if they think that they're anything but a write off <laughs> You know, it sucks. I just want to see artists get their due. That was my favorite thing about Bandcamp was that it was it was always about the art. It might still be, you know, today, all about the artists and all. I never about, felt like, that way. Even being, being an artist who has music on Bandcamp, I never felt that they cared about me. Link in the show notes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> no one wants to listen really to my mean. lo-fi trip hop project. Um, all right, should hear our it. lo-fi trip hop project. Yeah, you should. You guys heard that new Goblin Shark single? <laughs> I did see that. Um, speaking of goblins, that the guitar player from uh, Necro Goblicon is now playing and touring with uh, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I did mean, you guys see that? Make that money, dude! Hell yeah! Make how many? And, and and this is going to go to our later conversation. How rad is it that how many guys and gals, not how many people from our scene from the time period, where especially we're going to be talking about later, have gone on to do like legit capital letters big things oh yeah and it's yeah i definitely want to i definitely want to get into that because once we yeah. start throwing out names like uh Karis <laughs> and but even uh, bigger than that like i'm yeah. like you know what i mean like no it's i know crazy it's really crazy like legitimately like 
every once in a while, at least once a year, I will hear a name that rings a bell that is connected to like someone top, you know, top 40 or something. And I'm like, Oh yeah. snap. Like really? I'm not like surprised, but I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Keep, keep, you know, like go, you know? Yeah. Go get it. Go get, go get that. Go get what you had to grind to get. Thank you. Exactly. You know? Cause yeah. like no one, no one better than someone from that scene to finally make it because dude, if you were willing to eat the amount of shit we had to eat, like, especially people our age, um, you know, that, that time framework, you know, like, Ooh, man, like you deserve it. Like if you, if you make it, then I, like, I'm not one of those guys that's going to begrudge anyone a chance to be like successful, especially in art. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Well, let's get into it. Um, you know, let's the topic of tonight, you guys know, I love talking about it. this stuff. Um, you know, I love talking about early, sort of metalcore or as we used to call it metallic hardcore although we didn't really even call it that we just kind of called it like bands yeah we didn't really like well, well it was funny because when we first started talking about like having this particular conversation i think we we probably bandied it back and forth at least 30 different names for this oh yeah genre mm-hmm. the fact that we just can't say metal yeah it's hilarious well, it's just because I don't know if you've ever been on the metal archives. Oh, oh yeah. uh, you know, those those guys are the reasons why we're reason we're not allowed to call it metal, right? This right. is not metal. This, this is, is punk rock with shit guitar playing. No, this is not metal. Yeah. My neck my neck beard is not quite developed enough to allow me to determine that. Oh, I got you, fam. I mean <laughs> I can see some skin. I'm sorry, dude. I, mean, I, I call, I I call myself I call myself disgust metal Dan. I have a neck beard. So we no, I mean no, I think that no. you have I think beard, I'm the man. most qualified to tell I you. I see skin. I'm sorry, I see skin. You can see some more skin later. Hit me up hit me up on Snapchat. Any anyway, OnlyFans after the podcast yeah. tonight. Hey, there's a whole section on, on like dad bots on OnlyFans. I think that honestly, if the podcast thing doesn't work out, I think this is the way to go. Dude, let's do it. Let's, let's go. Let's do like a calendar, like dad bot, post hardcore dad bots. There you go. Let's do that right now. They're like, Just, I'm not sure every, if he's everybody winking. sign off. We're going to go do that. I'm yeah. not sure if he's winking or if he had a diabetic stroke. Perfect. <laughs> well, you know, and yeah, we, we went back and forth, tons of names of bands. And one of the, I, and I know that there there is a little bit of an age disparity in whenever I started listening to this kind of music versus you know you guys, and so it's it's interesting to see where the perspective is. Um, so I guess should we define terms? I don't even want to define terms. I just want to talk about bands. Um, you know, as far as far as metal core or a mixture of hardcore and metal. Um, you know, what, what was, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with Joel. Cause I think his answer is going to be the most interesting. Um, you know, Andy's the guest. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what got you into this, uh, to, to sort of this scene, this, uh, this genre of music. So, um, my, my, so I was, so, um, age wise, I'm 45. I turned 46 later this year, whatever. Um, 19 mid 1990s was when or well, i guess early 1990s was when i was introduced to metal the first two metal bands i remember experiencing were metallica and iron maiden um you know as a middle school kid and then the next sort of after that would have been um you know like slayer and things uh, R- R- rush i know it sounds weird to say that but you know just as a, as a you know as a young kid and but at the same time I was introduced to Slayer I also was introduced 
to bands like Minor Threat, you know, um, Black Flag, things like that. And I was like, well, you know, just trying to absorb all this. Okay. This is just as a young kid. Okay. And then I keep going through my high school career, blah, 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 high school, whatever. Pick up music, start playing bass and guitar and everything. And then shortly after high school, I'm introduced to like a very different because okay, so I'm from Texas. Um, especially at the time I lived in the DF the Dallas Fort Worth area, you know, Dallas, Texas. Um, not New York, not LA, you know, not Miami, not like one of the big centers of like, you know, music that we think of. But here in here in this area, we had, you know, like we did have pretty big metal scene, you know, between New Orleans, because I'm also I also lived in New Orleans as well. You know, with bands, you know, Dead Horse and things, Pantera, you know, things like that. Like we we actually did have a lot of like really groovy heavy metal type things, you know. And then I I started to discover the like I think one of the first metal core to just to throw that name out there, just basically a band that like played heavy metal with hardcore sensibilities would be Earth Crisis. That was oh, probably yeah. yeah, that was probably my first. I because I thought about it a lot this last week, especially when I was like, man, is there like I was trying to think like before EC, like who honestly, like Earth Crisis is probably the first like heart metal, metalcore, you know, what just hardcore band, metal, what metalcore. If we say metalcore, we're, it's a, we're amongst friends, you know, it's a, but I think you can Earth, say metalcore dirty, on the it's show, not a, it's, it's not fine. a dirty word here, so, yeah. yeah, but you know, what I'm saying like, I think honestly, Earth Crisis 1995. Six, was it nice i'm trying to think oh man i looked it up earlier um i'm trying to ruin firestorm came out i'm sure you pull it up while i'm talking but like earth crisis firestorm like that time period when it came out like because it did so much it did so much more for me than like agnostic front did or like some of these other hardcore kind of bands that, like the, the bands that i dug i thought were cool when earth crisis came out though they were like speaking to a, di- a different because I grew up, I loved metal, you know, and then all of a sudden here's this band that's got hardcore, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like agnostic front, like, and like sick of it all vibes with metal riffs. And like, since, you know, man, that like, it just basically bridged that gap between what I was missing and what I needed in my life. And like, I dove headfirst into it after that, but I would say earth crisis, yeah, earth crisis. Earth Crisis is a good place to start for sure. I think that um, we we did an Earth Crisis. When did we do the Earth Crisis episode? Joe, I mean, do you remember? That. Sometime within the last two hundred episodes. Gotcha. Cool. <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks for that very. Thank you. Thank you for that very precise answer. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, well, yeah. Go back and listen to that. It's. Uh, it's. I, I will warn you though. It's. It starts off basically us just doing Bane voices because we're all talking. <laughs> Right before we started recording that episode, we like thought it'd sound super dope if we talked into cups to sound like Bane. So, you know, there was a lot of, in order to listen to Earth Crisis, you must, you know, a lot of that. And then we came up with the idea that one of these days we're going to talk about the band Bane in the Bane voices the, the entire time. Because we figured that'll piss everyone off. Um, yeah, Earth Crisis is definitely, and, and of course I would love to be like a cool guy with some kind of credibility and say like, Oh yeah, you know, uh, I got started with Earth Crisis too. I, I did not. Uh, I started off. I mean, I I was a. Oh God, let's see, what year, Joe? How far back do we go? I think Joe's gone. Um, but I, yeah, it's one of those. Um, cool. Now this show's really getting started. Um, 
I just and plus two, I just noticed my username. I did not thought that would be on there, but hey, amazing. <laughs> In case, but, I mean, anybody that's just, anybody that's wondering, you know, I mean, you know, if you have a heartbeat, yourself. hit me up. Hell yes. Uh, no, I I definitely started off listening to all those like Christian bands. Um, yeah, was, because at the time, so like I grew up, I, and I don't really get into this too much. So this is going to be me telling my life story. But I grew up, uh, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Okay, and uh, so we didn't do. Um, oh, and just so people, Indiana is still uh, back then. Uh, it's uh, St. Louis, oh, um, Midwest, Midwest, Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, same same location. So it was. Um, we grew up Pentecostal and we were like, like really, really like fringe, uh, you know, right wing Pentecostal where we didn't, uh, we didn't listen to rock music. We didn't watch television, you know, uh, sister couldn't cut her hair. Men had to cut their hair. You know, it was all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that, you know, I don't have to get into here, but, uh, essentially. So like, I was a little bit stunted, you know, in, in my musical growth. Uh, so like in the nineties, that was, that was like most of the nineties for me was, was, was going to church, you know, with, with, with my family and not being allowed to do anything, you know, um, you come home with Ninja Turtle toys, you know, it's, it's satanic, get out of it. So like to get into this kind of music, um, is kind of a weird anomaly for me because I started off listening to, like, I listened to my dad's black Sabbath records that he still had in the house for whatever reason and let me listen to, but told me I couldn't listen to it if so my mom was around. Of, instead of Penthouse Under the Bed, it was Black Sabbath. Sabbath records, right, yeah. So, you know, my, my sexual development was was stunted as well in that regard um, because, you know, well, they're you secrets. Want, you so. want to hear double-tracked Aussie vocals and already get hard. Absolutely, 100%. Still do it. That's why I love earbuds. <laughs> Thank you, earbuds. Uh, anyway, so we... You know, like so. I think it was. I think it was like Joe really was was really influential uh, starting off for me because he would like, you know, like make me copies of stuff that you know, like Nirvana tapes and and like you know, uh, Nirvana and Metallica, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so I got really into that sort of stuff. And then um, I went into much greater detail about this on um, Brian Patton's "As the Story Grows," um, where I was talking about like the early days of like what I was listening to. And, um, basically like a girl broke up with me, um, in high school. And, uh, by that point we were out of church and we were out of all that stuff or whatever. And I had internet access and I ended up hearing, <laughs> I ended up hearing uh ravage ritual by Zayo. Oh, and, uh, I was like, it was like a bomb went off in my head. You know what I mean? I was just like, Oh my God, like this is, this is the thing that I have been searching for. Do you want me to bring it out? You know? Um, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just a minute. I'm gonna have him explain that. Um, <laughs> so no, this is good. This is a good story. I heard Ravage Ritual by Zayo, and it was I was just gone. I mean, like after that, I went like I found I found the record label, you know, Salt State Records, yep. and I went you know full bore into shit like Embodiment and um, Society's Finest, and uh, you know like bands that had because I was really obsessed for a long time with that like growled vocal. And then eventually I got into, uh, eventually I got skinny. He was, uh, oh man. Yeah. This is corn. This is, uh, yeah, this is look at everyone with their arms crossed. Look at that. Everyone with their arms crossed. How hilarious dude, that Mike's that Mike motion where he's got his arm down by his way. I did that like all the time, like in that, uh, when I was singing, but yeah, so like, um, best, you great cheese on that dude's abs right now. That's awesome. Have you seen? Oh my god! Have you seen what he looks like now? I have not. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna see. Oh, go go ahead and keep talking. Yeah. So we had um, 
so you know like i got really really into those bands and like a good friend i basically forced joe to get into those bands too uh, like he didn't have a choice because like at the time i had the car and so if we wanted to go somewhere <laughs> if we wanted to go somewhere i had to drive and um he listened to what i listened to and like this is like old school right so like all right, all right dude I, hold this laptop let me pull yeah. up my windows yeah, media yeah. player yeah, dude, we were like we were like pirating you know tons of music at that time and so like uh and by we i mean me so if you, you need to send the cops over just have them arrest me joe had nothing to do with it um <laughs> but uh yeah i had all these mp3 files on my laptop and i just threw them out there and um we'd listen to them driving around town but yeah, I got I got really, really, really into that stuff. But I also have had because I had that stunted growth, like I didn't get to experience a lot of this stuff in real time. So I had to kind of go back, you know. So like at my first cornerstone, I bought like probably like four hundred dollars worth of like cassettes and, and shit, you know, like <laughs> Wait, what year of, was your what year was your I mean what what year was that? Two thousand three. Okay, okay. I think okay. yeah. So it was a little it was a little after the boom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I'm I'm finding out about all this. So like I'll so like I'm listening to like I'm listening to bow by focused for the first time, you know, in 2003, it's like wild. You know what wow. I mean? Like, well, cause they, they yeah, had it all on, like five, six years. Yeah. 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 The they had it all, they had it all on cause they had all cassettes, like old yeah. tooth and nail cassettes. So I got like, I like focused and overcome and, well, you know, and, and here's the thing too. People need, I, I listen, like I, I had to talk about my daughter's 15. We had to talk earlier too, like sort of about how people, you, people don't understand what the world was like before social media or the internet as we know it. Like literally like there was a time period when you heard about a band and you would send $10 in the mail, hoping that in a month or six weeks you would get a cassette or a CD of said band or VHS tape. Oh, Dude, no, that was way more in 2050 like bucks, bro. In 2003, <laughs> I sent a I sent a handwritten letter to Jesse Smith, <laughs> and he sent me back a bunch of Zayo stickers. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's that's hell how you yeah. do it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that 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 was the only way to get cool stuff oh back then. Because like if you look at those old if you look at those old records, they all have like yes. mailing addresses. And yeah, shit in the, in and it was someone's notebook. mom's house. Yeah. So but that's, that's the, like, the thing. Like none of us back then used a PO box. It was like someone's legit house that literally half of them look at Russ. Look with oh my god. Oh look at Skinny Dan. Oh my god, this is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, none of us. Wait, we would like half of us would move away. Can you imagine like the the asshole that lived in the house after we moved out? <laughs> right. Why do I keep getting all this damn band mail? Like, what, what is you, this? What is this bullshit? End of destiny. What? Who is da- who is Daniel Terry, and why he? Why does he keep writing letters to society's <laughs> finest? You know, like it's one of those like weird things. But like, yeah. Oh, so that, that, but yeah. I got full into it, and I didn't even realize at the time because, like you said, no social media, not not really a whole lot of web. Like some of these bands still had band pages that were up, but there wasn't anything that like. <laughs> I didn't even know what bands I was listening to that were still together. Like, when can I go see this band or, yeah. you know, when can I get, you know, and the answer was cornerstone. That was the only place that I could go to see a lot of those bands. Basically, so that was the only answer. Yeah. To make a long story short, uh, that basically was my introduction to it. And I got really excited about it because at the time I thought that like, I was the only person that liked it. And I, Obviously, every other kid in America had the exact same reaction because a couple of years later, it became like the big cool thing to do. Um, 
you know, I mean, by 2005, it was already, already huge and bands were signing to majors and, and having, you know, like lots of pretty poppy courses in their stuff. And, and, you know, but I mean, you gotta, again, again, make that money though. Right. Um, always make the money. But yeah, so that, that, that's kind of how I got started with it. And so like a lot of the bands that I'm going to talk about tonight that are older, it is purely like I got into it after the fact and then ended up doing a bunch of, you know, internet sleuthing and stuff like that until I could know stuff. That's, and in case anybody doesn't know, that is why, that's how you get a podcast like discography discussion where I have all this knowledge and nowhere to go with it. (laughs) Right. There are not be able to, you know, uh, and now, you know, a few years later, now all of a sudden we're like, call ourselves music critics and we get super judgy of like everything that we listen to. But, um, Joe, what about you? Or is it just that I forced you to listen to it? It started with Dan forced me to listen to it. Dan skipped the beginning of that story where he fell into harder music accidentally. The actual beginning of that story was somebody gave him a copy of bleach, not knowing it was the Nirvana bleach. So, Oh, did you think it was the Christian band Bleach? I didn't, but the person that bought it for me did think that. It was. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's a name I haven't, um, I haven't associated like with. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So take that very early Nirvana punk influenced insanity. <laughs> it's not that hard to draw a line to no, no. hardcore metalcore later on because what he liked was not the guitar. Dan is way into the lyrics. So what does he love about that early Nirvana? Anytime Kurt would just scream for no reason and just make this ridiculous noise. So now he's listening to Norma Jean and Zayo and the rest of us are listening to all the new metal, all the late eighties thrash and heavy metal. It was a sensory shock because it was new to my ears to hear guitars play that way. I was still stuck on this is how the bass and the drums and the guitar work together to create an interesting heavy song. Early hardcore from this guy, throw it out the window. It's all about the dissonance and making the shrieking shattering sounds that sound like the band being thrown down the stairs, not Dude, just the we, drummer. Al- we we almost got into like straight up fights, not <clears throat> fist fights, but we got into arguments because like we, we were in this band that sounded like like Linkin Park, you know, basically without the rapping, right? Um, and, and, and not that good. And not that good, yeah. <laughs> but like, so I was like doing all the singy vocals and, and all that stuff. And then... Wait, you, you were know, doing the clean singing? Yeah. Some yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, once upon a time. you swoopy hair? No. I wasn't yeah. a good clean singer. Um, the hair just goes no, straight no, out, man. You had swoopy hair, really? Did well, you have frosted, frosted tips? No. I, dude, I've got, I've got like a curly... I've got curly mop head. Like oh, you've seen my, you've seen my massive fro. You, you've seen my yeah. sideshow Bob fro, right? Oh, um, yes, yes, I have. The, the, yeah, okay. All right. So I was about to send you a picture because, like, I'm afraid to at the same point. But. Right, that's fine. I'll just, I'm just gonna post it all over all your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, I got man, into hey, I got into all that stuff, and um, yeah, I would, I would argue with Joe because he'd like he Joe would play like this like badass new metal riff, right? Like that I would probably love now, but like at the time. I was like, dude, I've been listening to Zayo for two weeks, so like now I know everyone, right, right. So I come over there and I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like, dude, I was, I was, I'm, I remember going over to his house. I was like, dude, hear me out, all heavy all the time, 
You know, and he's like, I'm I mean, down. But he, I know yeah. the definition of heavy was I not love, I love normal. Said, like, I've been listening to Zale for two weeks. I know what we got to do. Like Listen, that, I know. I mean, that's so exactly many, what it was. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Cause you literally thought like, it's okay. It's like literally like, okay, Hey, guess what? I know we're heathens. Someone gave me the Bible. Yeah. Like I'm not talking about religion. I'm just talking about how you felt when you first got oh, that. Yeah. You know I mean, like you're just like, I thought I knew what I thought I wanted to do with music. Mm-mm. Nope. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We can tune to drop C. Yes. Yes, we can. You and we don't even have to, in Little Rock. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just literally just get up there and just make the screechy noise with your with your guitar, and you're good to go. Yeah. You know. Let me, introduce, let me introduce you guys to the alternating triads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much good. And if you've got more than one guitarist in the band, oh shit, <laughs> you can make yeah. massive can dissonant a, triads. You can absolutely have up to three, but 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 like literally no more than that. Speaking of speaking of. Like the dude who had a band who like literally would get the other guitar player. It didn't matter if he was bad or not. It's just were you willing to like go on the road? Great. Yeah. Like we just need you to do power chords while the other guy does the the interesting shit. I don't think I, I don't think I'd kill this guy after two weeks. So it's like yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah, he's he's perfect. Give him a guitar, duct tape it to him. It'll be fine. Do you not have a debilitating IV drug? problem then yes go on the road with this yes let's go right right now there's you know there there are there are capped rooms you know that, that are like yeah. there's gonna be like nine people there and like isn't that hilarious yeah, yeah that's hilarious though how like literally just like adding a second guitar player was like a huge deal like it was ascension real. yeah yeah you you would you would ascend it to a new plane of existence because like listen to all the new cool stuff that we can do um yeah, so we, yeah everyone you knew that could play was already in a band and they weren't about to leave their band right um yeah there was they, this weird territoriality explain this explain that bass oh okay so <laughs> that bass this oh this, this is the bass this I'm, bass I'm, I'm which has it. been stolen and returned to me thanks to my friend jake who's done some of my tattoos um this was actually the so it was a it was originally or, or was it's got a, oh, oh my god, uh, it's got a funny story because it was ordered by like I guess George Strait's bass player here in you know at the time like in the ninety early nineties or whatever, and I bought it from um, Ape was it Ape Music here in, in Fort Worth like you know anyway for a great because basically I guess he'd ordered it and then never picked it up and I remember going in and playing I was like this thing is amazing I played it like well you know and. I, I knew that they couldn't sell it because it wasn't like a, a Fender or something, you know, a big brand. And they, I got it to, for a great deal. <clears throat> I recorded the first like two Society's Finest Records with it, you know, that thing. And then um, when Zayo, um, when they got signed to Tooth and Nail Solid State, I can't, I think, I can't, I can't remember if it was already Solid State at the time. It, it was already Solid State. So okay, Splinter yeah, Shards was, yeah, it was also but it was before, before before we got signed as Societies. I was actually already doing Society's Finest. And um, I went out to Little Rock to, to hang with those guys um, because basically it was, it was really Jesse's sort of like baby. And then Russ was in the band and then Dan was in the band. And, um, you know, they were, they were, you know, they kind of had the, 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 the formation that would be like the um, <clears throat> classic Zayo, I guess. If you, <sighs> yeah, so the core, the core. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was talking to them about like playing bass with them, and I brought my gear out to Barry's and stuff, and, and like I was going to kind of work with them some. 
and they wanted to be at the time though they were like well we need you to move out to you know western pa and stuff and i was like you know we talked about it but like in the end it just wasn't like a good fit like i would like i don't think on either one of our parts like because i was really into what society was doing and like i didn't really want to move i'd starting dating who would eventually become my wife and stuff and like it just wasn't but they recorded the entire blood and fire record with that that bass right there and it's like it's funny because like it got stolen after show and then like 10 years later got returned to me and the fact that i still have it after like 20 years now is hilarious to me so it's so it's cursed like if you try to get if you it's cursed so it probably is if you're trying to take it's cursed but yeah, yeah but but um but um it's like the monkey's paw of hardcore instruments but yeah, <laughs> oh man. Um, but no, like it's uh, it's I mean, it's a great. I I still, um, I I still use it like like at church and stuff like that, and everything. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel uh, you, dudes. Yeah, oh, but Brett, like uh, Brett was the, actually uh, just so you know, Brett between Brett and Russ, I think Brett was the only person that actually played bass on the record. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I was wondering who actually picked up the bass. Yeah, Brett. Brett just basically he just dealt because like I was actually gonna try to play some stuff and like we actually were sitting down and writing stuff and all that. But I was just like once we kind of like I kind of knew like a few days into it like I was like this I was like I'm I'm not gonna move to up the air with these guys. Just you know what I mean like and but Brett ended up playing all and he's a of course a fucking fantastic musician. So yeah, yeah, good for real yeah it's not like um, oh they they had poor brett play it's no he's dude's a fucking great musician so yeah i think he's proven that yeah he definitely has had an illustrious uh illustrious career since <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's another dude that i think like someone yeah you could easily do like a two-hour video just on his post <clears throat> metal career you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah dude for sure well let's uh artist. Yeah, you know, as people criticize me too much on this show for making everything a Zayo discussion, um, <laughs> it all starts with Zayo. I'm sorry. I mean, it kind of it does for me. That that's my that's my origin point, and consequently um, for the rest of us. And obviously, so like listening to stuff like Zayo, you know, gave birth to stuff like you know, Living Sacrifice. But that was all like that. So you had well, that whole I'm Christian sorry, living, living Sacrifice was around long before Zayo, bro. For me. Okay, I'll start. I got for you. me. I, I, I know yeah. living sacrifice. You discovered LS after. Okay, I got you. I got you. No, I could. No. I could do an additional no four hours no on living sacrifice, <laughs> right? If you, if yes. you want, um, oh. you know, especially pre haircut living sacrifice. Ooh, DJ. Oh, oh, Are we dude, revisiting I, that I, band uh, again? Uh, so I actually drove out to uh, Little Rock. Uh, I guess probably like five or six months ago. Really, it was right before they went yes. to Furnace and played. And dude, DJ was was full on long <sighs> hair again. I it was. It was great, dude. He got up there and they sang a Sepultura. He sang a Sepultura song with him. Not, I, yeah, I know dude. the show you're talking about. I didn't go, but like it's five hours. Remember, like, yeah, was, yeah, it's what my wife said, and I was like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. Well, it's one of those weird things where like DJ and I don't drive, a, so DJ sent me a flyer for the show like a month or two before it happened, and I was like, oh, that looks really cool. If I have time, I'll drive down and get and do that. And then so like that morning, I'm like having a garage sale out front. Within like my kids are like running the garage sale like for me. They're like taking people's money and you know doing all the things. And uh, I get a text from DJ and he's all like, "Yeah, man, I'm really excited about the show tonight." And I was like, "Oh shit, I completely forgot about that." And 
I called my wife and I was like, okay, how mad would you be <laughs> if as soon as you get home, she was at work. Uh, I was like, as soon as you get home, I'm going to leave and drive to Little Rock and go see Living Sacrifice. But I'll totally be home in the morning. <laughs> and yeah, How far so that is that was, from where you, I mean, is it? Uh, six hours. Okay, yeah, about the same. Something yeah. like that. It wasn't too bad. Um, hey, you know, I had a great time. Got to eat, uh, got to eat, uh, Vino's Calzones at Vino's. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, fun time, but yeah, living sacrifices, obviously, um, for an offhand comment, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, but I had heard Zayo first. What that yeah, was, yeah. that was the whole thing. Understood, so like, understood. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, so there was that whole Christian scene happening, you know, kind of on its own. Um, but then, you know, you also, the, this style doesn't just like begin and end there. I think that the Christian scene definitely popularized it more. That's why there's so many metal cooler bands out there that are all like, we are doing this for the Lord, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, it is it all kind of from with that mentality, like yeah. us against the world. Right. Right. And it helped perpetuate the styles popularity. Now you have more and more bands that on their own would not be accepted because they were in no way unique, but because yeah. you're in the fight with the rest of us, you get to be on the show. You get to show up at whatever festival and have 10,000 bands play who are effectively doing yeah. the exact same thing. Dun, 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 and it's fine. Yep. Yeah, it totally, totally was. But then, you know, the origins of this style, because I don't want people to tune in and be like, oh, God, it's only going to talk about Christian bands and unsubscribe. Uh, th- this style obviously goes back even f- much further than that. Sure, um, yeah. You know, obviously with bands like Earth Crisis, even like Converge's early stuff, you've got your... Turmoil. Yeah, Turmoil. Ooh, um, I, dude, people, I don't think people understand how important Turmoil was to like the sound in the, especially the like 2000 to 2010, I don't think people understand how important turmoil was to like what became sort of like what we think of as modern metalcore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, because it's like a lot of the times people point and be like, "These are or, these are originators." Turmoil was the first one that I heard that I was like, "Okay, I can see this." Yeah, like I can see this kind of kind of blended because a lot of the times people would be like, "Oh, you need to go check out X band." I listen to it, but like it's just a hardcore band. You know, like 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 Jersey, you know, basketball jersey, you know, straight in your face, hardcore. And of course, back then I didn't know anything. Not saying that I really know anything now, but I know what you um, mean. Yeah, but it was definitely like, yeah, I was like, I was just hardcore bands. Turmoil was the first one. I was like, okay, yeah, I could see kind of the gap here, and I could see that even even in, uh, especially for me was like early like early early cave in stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude. well, so yeah, but um, until your heart stops. I remember until your heart stops coming out. And you and I actually talked about this because that was a huge influence on our first link, our full first length album. Like, I remember hearing until your heart stops and being able to, like, so wait, you can do that? Like, yeah. Because, you know, you got to think as a teenager, you think you're putting these boxes as much as we like to think we're like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a free thinker. No, as teenagers, especially in the scenes we are, you know, are brought up in. You know, we're spo- you're you're supposed to be in this box, in this box. I remember until your heart stops and being like, "Wait, you can do that? What?" And then, oh yeah, dude, absolutely, one hundred thousand percent. That's my favorite thing about the early metalcore is yeah. it changes your perception of what you can do creatively. Saying that for myself earlier, I was sense overloaded, sensory overloaded because 
going from your 80s heavy metal this is how you write a riff to no just make noises it was a lot closer to old school bands who could play together the band's job was to create one cohesive sound that might not be appealing the first time you hear it but once you realize what it takes to play together it sets it apart i definitely like it's it absolutely what I liked about that, you know, uh, until your heart stops stuff was that that stuff, that shit, you know, so and, uh, much. Um, I like that they basically, they, well, they basically took like whatever the rules were of traditional song structure and just threw them out the window, just like set it on fire. It, it's gone. There, there's no more like okay, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, you know, yeah. like anything like that. Because like even even your like badass death metal bands and stuff like at the time would still be would still be following like some sort of basic formula. You can go back and listen to old cannibal corp stuff. And it's like, it's like, it's like follows that, yeah. that sort of like, okay, this is the, these are the rules with metalcore. What I liked is that almost every band, you know, then this is very true in the beginning, not so much later on, but in the beginning, all the bands sounded uniquely different from one another because they were all trying to do something that hadn't really been done before. The and, opposite um, of popular. Well, yeah. And it was hit or miss, right? Because like, you know, obviously like famously, you know, we'd, we, we did do an episode on society's finest and we didn't, you know, we were a little, you know, like, oh, I didn't really prefer this or I liked this or I didn't like this about it. But I think the unique thing is, and actually, um, actually Josh from society's finest commented on this too recently. And he said like, Hey man, <laughs> um, we were just doing what we thought we could, you know, and he, like, like, like we were just coming up with you know, and of course I was like, dude, you don't have to explain it to me or justify it to me, you know, um, well, you were there. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally one of those like everybody was trying to feel like what is our unique sort of angle? Where, where are we going to hit this from to where people are going to be like, this is the sound of our band. And that's so hit or miss. You have to throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and and and, and ultimately decide on what you are happy with. I agree 100 percent, man. Like just no, but like I think just kind of sort of pushing the conversation forward, even like when you we, let's move on to cave in bands like oh, that, yes. sort of like cave in, snap case, dead guy, like that. That so we're now we're sort of like you know, I guess like mid late 90s, you know, like 97, 98, 99. There were some bands doing some things at that time, bro, that like. When you look back, you're like, where where did that come from? Like, how how did you create this out? Like, especially when I think about like the first botch album. Um, I'm sorry, I say first, but we are the Romans botch. Yeah, you know, and the, the botch of, album. Yeah, the yeah. botch the, record. <laughs> thank you. you. You guys know what I mean. And, and or dead guy fixation on a coworker. You know things like that. I mean, I I, I look at some of those. I'm like. Dude, where did that come from? You know, like what were you like? What thirty bands were you listening to that made you put out that album? Yeah, like like where like did you guys come from the future? And you're like, ah, oh, we're just gonna play this. Not like I, you know, I don't. I never saw any real build up to it. And I think that yeah. that's the unique yeah, yeah. thing about that style. Is that so like, one of the bands that you and I, one of the bands that I I mentioned in our first conversation, sort of about doing this podcast was Acacia. Yeah. Not the acacia string. No, I know, I know. But I know, but there's a lot of people who are just like, well, okay, there was a band called Acacia on Victory Records that like put out one record that was freaking fantastic. I mean, it was just insane, dude. And like, 
it just it literally came out of nowhere and then they disappeared. Yeah, it's gone. But that fucking, that could have happened. Legends. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that could happen pre-social media, which is the whole concept of our conversation. It's like th- think about all these bands that happened, kind of you know pre two thousand five ish. You know that like set the you know that like set the mold for everything to come when social media was there. MySpace, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that. When all that stuff sort of like you know gave artists an opportunity to go from nothing to, a, to go from zero to a hundred, all the bands that we do before that, that like were dead and gone already. Like yeah. minus minus is another example. Well, and it's funny. Cause you, it's funny. You say that pre pre social media, because you know, you look at a guy like me, admittedly got into this stuff later on. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to find anything on Acacia. No, right. No, like, hell no. Unless I, unless I just happen to find a record in the or donuts donuts. Yeah. Hey, donuts. Um, Joe and I's first band was called Jelly Donut. Um, but we, uh, but yeah, it's interesting though, because like I can't find anything on that band. It's not like I can go back and do like deep Wikipedia research, right? The only bands that we really know of are the ones that are still around. Yeah. Or bands that maybe like at some point signed to a major or around long enough for the advent of that sort of thing. And uh, mm. it's, it's actually really disheartening um, because there's a lot of bands that were, that were just kind of left out. Um, in the cold, so to speak, and they could have been really cool bands. They they could have been the innovative, yeah, uh, sort of spark into something else, something newer. But unfortunately, well, like self, only like, like a self, few people are ever here. Oh yeah, yeah, from Sweden. Like how if those guys would have been five, maybe ten years later, they'd be literally one of the biggest rock bands in the world. Agreed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that that one EP alone let me know that they had the talent to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And the fact that I, Brandon or who, or I don't know if it was Brandon or if it was, you know, like any of the guys, Roy, I don't know who got them on a um, solid state, but like whoever got them, that EP, I'm dude, come on. Like if that would have come out like five years later on trust kill or like on, you know, victory or something like just literally five years on you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, their first EP was phenomenal. Well, that's the only thing they had, right? They had two albums over the. Oh, really? Yeah, over the I'm course of their career. That's sorry. all good. No, <laughs> that's uh, that's how I heard it. The first, so the first album's really good and really, well, unique, and really different. Yeah, those two albums yeah. they had. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, they oh, just it's live. Sorry. Yeah, it's live. Everybody knows. <laughs> but yeah, we um yeah I got I got really into that I got really into self minded and I also um. And even like Blindside's early records were like oh, weird and God, were dude. weird and different, you know. I'm yeah. so glad you brought them up, dude. There you yeah. go, look at Joe. He's like, that was the breaking point for me. I didn't get it. Then he played King King of the Closet, and I was like, okay, I get it now. I get it. That was just enough melody there to break through my brain. Like, I, okay, I get it now. Well, yeah, they, but they were just weird. Like, like they're recorded like like the production quality is like sandpaper. Listening to those records, like it's not, there's nothing, and that's what I like about it. I like the garage sort of sort of the garage yeah, sound well, they, of it. They, yeah, I think they're like northern. They're from Sweden. They're like, it's northern European sensibility because they came up probably listening to pop music up there. But then also the other thing about the metal influence from up there as well is like weird, and you get blindside out of that. You know? Yeah. Well, and then there were all the bands that kind of like were were huge staple in the scenes. Like you had you had like Esoteris, who was like never huge, you know, by any stretch should of the imagination, been. but should have been, yeah, because they're I mean, yeah. dude, they're the record they put out, 
is so good. Like, best, I mean, best best opening line of any mm, hardcore record of all time. Born with the future, like that when they did that intro and they yeah, come like I'm sorry, like I think I still think that you play that for a teenager right now and they'd be like, I want to beat just smash something. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, and that's the timelessness of some of that stuff too. Like, and even the, even some of like the training for Utopia stuff. Yeah. Um, what's interesting too is that like it's fun seeing focal yeah. points. Oh, training for focal, Utopia. Yeah, focal point. Yeah, dude. If I ever, if I ever, <laughs> if I ever have Ryan Clark on the podcast, I'm going to introduce him not as Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter, but I'd be like, you may know yeah, him from his band Focal, focal Point. point. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Probably it's a small Sacramento, California band. I mean, they. Uh, yeah, you know that was. I remember, but. It was hilarious because uh, focal point and having a focal point patch on my backpack was one of the ways I got in to see Deftones and Far, like on that first Deftones tour. Oh wow! Because I had a patch on my thing, and they're like, "Oh, you know, focal point is." I was like, "Yeah, man." They're like, "Come in, yeah, Yeah. dude." They're like, "Oh, because it was hilarious." Like that, like so far, like so that whole first, like um. The depth, the first adrenaline, you know, when they did that first tour, far wasn't officially on the tour. They just actually showed up and followed the Deftones. Oh, wow. Like the Deftones basically were like, yeah, they're opening act. But n- they said not one club on the entire tour called them on their bullshit. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, here's just this other band. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're opening act. Okay, fine. Because, you know, Deftones are like, you know, sign to Maverick and all this. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. They said not one club at the entire like three month tour or whatever it was said no. Like they're just like, yeah. And they basically just were in this tiny, it was hilarious because like Deftones with this big ass bus and far run, like this like little van, you know, like tiny Econoline van. Yeah. Like the rest of us, yeah. Right. I used to drive one of those for work, but <laughs> yeah, you're very efficient when you got to move free a lot candy of people from point A to point B. Yeah. Free candy. It's so cool. We, uh, yeah, we, we used to travel around for the few out of town shows that we played. We traveled around in a, what color was that van? I think Ryan actually still has that van. I think I saw it in the garage. <laughs> 90s the blue. And you know exactly what I mean when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> 90s blue. Like those, like the old, like the old office coffee cups and plates and stuff. Like that, yes. that blue. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like, and I remember like, you know, I, I luckily found out about Esoteris before I found, um, before, you know, really before I even knew about Norma Jean, I had no idea that like Corey was going to go do ludicrous. that. Ludicrous. Yeah. Cause it was ludicrous back then. Yeah. And so, um, cause Which I was extremely remember, confusing on, in St. Louis. L U T I dash K R I S S. The ludicrous. Just so everyone knows, it's not ludicrous the rapper with a D, but it was. L, right? Am I correct in the spelling? L-U-T- you are correct. Yeah, L U T I. And and well, and you know, I wish that we uh, we should I should have hit up um Eric Shirey, you know, like because that put out the you know that stuff and like we could have got him. I he's I know him, I could call, we call him right now, but but yeah, like let's call him. Maybe he's in the shower. Like he's, he's probably yeah. Eric, come here. We need to talk to you about this. Really important. Like yeah, let's he's like, really yeah. assholes. Yeah. No, but yeah, here. like, but yeah. Oh, thank you, dude. Thank you for putting out so much awesome stuff. Like, he took such, he took a big chance on a lot of us back then, dude. Thank you. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, but like, Ludic- yeah, Ludicrous was a Ludic. Um, yeah, because the, I'm tr- I wish I could. Um, Dan- Daniel was the original. I'm trying to remember all the original. It's so weird because, like, you have like the 
so I mean, um, well, we're talking about Esoker. So we're talking about Norma Jean. And it's weird to think I go sort of think about because during the time Esoker was a band, Ludacris was a band as well. And like they really don't share a lot other than Corey. I'm trying to think of like how many of because Durr, I'm trying to think of who else was in the band like long term. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that like the, Without, the I mean, I can just use the internet, but I'm stupid and old. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mocking me over there. It's like, eh. oh, it's all good. I have all the answers, Joel. Yeah. But all it you is have to do is go to my Google page. It is interesting though to see like how these bands sort of morphed into other bands. Um, just like the scene was like so incestuous, you know, at the time. Bro. It was just, like, you know, well, well, it was all our fault everybody too. I know. Yeah. Dude, we were always, especially my shit band. We were always trying to steal good musicians from other bands. Because like uh, like me and Josh were like always trying to find better musicians. Like yeah. until once we found Chad, like our drummer, then it was just like, okay, well, can we find two great guitar players? No, like <laughs> like we'd find people and then they just like, okay, well I'm, I got married. And like, no, you can't do that. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. Uh, well, it's probably before that. But yeah, hold, oh, let me walk so. over to the telephone and dial her number and tell her it's over. It's yeah, it's gay. over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I'm gay what now. And I'm going on tour with my gay band friends. Yeah, and it's, we're all gay. Yeah, bands that would, well, I mean, yeah, especially in that, it's just that scene, like, well, I mean, look no further than like Strong Arm and Shy Hood, you know, I mean, things like that, you know, where oh, it's yeah. like, Basically the same for him. Yeah, in a and lot of ways it was. At a certain, but at a certain point, I also I don't tell people that, especially with the bands. People be like, man, I love Strong Arm so much, but you know, after Edmund, there was no more. And I was like, have you listened to Shylude? Because I mean, you're basically getting a very, you know, almost the same experience. Especially, yeah, especially at that time period, yeah, early. It was very yeah. same members, like honestly, like four fifths, right? Like you're like. Shylude is basically the non-Christian version of Strongarm. You know? Yeah, I mean, even the first Shylude record, almost like lyrics yeah. read almost yeah. like religious overtones from like Frank Herbert. Right. You know? I was like, oh, yeah, man. that's a good. That's one of my. That's actually one of my favorite. That first Shylude record, good stuff, dude. Um, blood once nourished from oh, open compassion or something like oh. that. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. That is a good record. Yes, um, one of one of my absolute favorite. Dude, when we had Matt Fox on, he's like, like so stoked. Like he went he went on for like two hours. I remember trying to end the interview, and uh, he was like, "Dude, I I don't got anything else going on tonight." So like, you know, like let's keep it. So we talked about Muppets for like a half hour. It was oh yeah, dude. it was a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, I, and we're getting we're moving the conversation a little bit forward in time with just organically, you know. Yeah, we moved now. We moved to like late nineties. All of a sudden, you know, we're talking about. Turmoil, Shahlud, you know, things like that. I mean, yeah. And it just, it, it's weird too, because there was a certain period of time where, like, I felt like, as a teenager at least, I felt like I owned this music. You know what I mean? In the sense of, like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, nobody else is ever going to be into this. You know, yeah. it's not going to give me any dates. I'm going to have to lie this and say, only like, speaks to me. Yes. Yeah. And, and my like, three I, single DD playing friends. 100%. You know, like, we're going to go out, we're going to do this. Um, I remember because after we started playing that, like, whenever we started playing that kind of music, uh, we went, like, we we played our, our uh, high school, like, a high school concert um, one year, and we were like the la, 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 la band, and then the next year, <laughs> I came back, and we came back, and I was just like, <laughs> you know, and it probably sounded just, vocals just, are for just like that. Oh, dude, Pretty you much. can do much better than that. Come on. 
No, I'm not doing it tonight. <laughs> Actually, I've sadly pretty much lost my ability to do that completely at this point. I'm so sad. Everyone feels sorry for me. Insert um, sound the that's fine. I know all kinds of dudes now in bands. I can just have somebody fill in and just be like, I'll pay you, you know, five hundred dollars if I if you sing on my record, but I tell everyone it was me. You want to be the Milli Vanilli of Metalcore, dude? Be the Tiger 100%. King of Metalcore. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, oh. Yeah, and then somebody's gonna like <laughs> his somebody's gonna pirate his is like <laughs> Somebody's gonna buy pirate one of one of the songs, and I'm feel like I will never financially recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, like getting into like getting into the late '90s and, and early 2000s. I think early 2000s is interesting too because this is where this is where it, it starts boiling over to the point where like you had bands that were mostly hardcore influenced doing you know kind of um, kind of trying to do their own thing, make their own way. But then it yeah. like. Suddenly, you started like getting bands. 18 visions, yeah. Betray you, yeah. yeah bands were starting, yeah. Bands yeah. are starting to come from the hardcore scene and like having metal success, yeah. You get bands like Unearth because, like, they're we're a hardcore band, but we play, Bro, but we play guitar solos, yeah. Diecast, yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, all yeah, that, 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 er, that 2000 2005 period. And again, yeah. this is sort of pre MySpace type stuff, like you know. But bands are starting to like bubble up and actually make some noise in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was all due to a bunch of clean vocals. Now, <laughs> oh, you say that, but Converge, Converge, yeah, Converge around had clean that, vocals, just not the kind you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, but around that time period, I'm trying to time period, you know, like the, yeah. the, they were the one of those bands that kind of like bubble up, you know, around that time period, you know, um. I mean, of course, that 12 tribes, which eventually gave Howard his, you know, step up. Was that Howard? Yeah. Howard's in 12 tribes. 12 tribes? I thought Howard was in Blood Has Been Shed. Um, You're right. He, 12 okay. tribes is the opening act when Blood Has Been Shed. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, I've seen 12 tribes a bunch of times. I didn't, yeah, they're the opening act. Uh, Joel, so, do you have a fantasy about Howard showing up in 12 tribes? Like, this is the perfect concert right now. <laughs> Look, Howard knows how I feel about him. He and I wanted my ideal dream date would be me and him working out with some protein shakes and just, you know, leg day. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> I send pic, send pics. That dude. Like, that's the one thing about running a venue too during that time period is like having met so many of those dudes and like, I miss so many of them. Anyway, but like, um, uh, <laughs> damn. Um, but yeah, like that time period, man, like you got to think about how many bands, like we're getting like looks from majors even. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like, can we sell this? Can we okay. like, this dude's just growling. Bring back cave in. Yeah. They got signed to a major. Well, yeah, but um, they went, they went like straight. I, know, I know. They, they went, they don't went. get me wrong. I loved no, it. But, but, but they yeah, did, they did the most cave in thing, right. To get they get signed the major and they're like, guess what? The sound you thought we sound like, now we don't do that anymore. Yep. How came in is that? This is Jupiter. Um, Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like there's a lot of bands. Um, okay, um, the ghost inside. Who they eventually became American. But who who did they get signed to? Um the Ghost Inside. Remember uh, weren't, they, weren't they victory? I but I thought they got signed to a major and then they got screwed because the whole name thing, and then like there's like a big deal. Oh, God damn. I wish I'm so, I shouldn't have brought that up without knowing more. I'm sorry, man. Like, um, oh, you're good. They were on media scare 
and it looks like well that's when they first yeah that was i thought they were signed to someone else too though like and epitaph okay Um, so epitaph the epitaph is a step up from you know that whole thing like yeah yeah for sure but then that's when they get hit by the lawsuit and then like they kind of their career basically just was like "Eh," you know it's like instead of you know they tried to fight it instead of just rolling with it you know but whatever yeah yeah there was a lot of weird because i remember too like that the copyright thing or the lawsuit stuff is interesting too because you know a lot of the thing one of the biggest things that one of the things that drew me sort of to the genre because you remember how i said the first song i heard was ravager ritual right yeah hey. sound clips dude sound clips from movies uh, you know, here's being, a, here's, being all over those records here's a band i bet you can you didn't know they got sued for their name sake in another country indecision you, wait, you can copyright the word indecision. No, do you remember the band Indecision? For yeah, the no, I, yeah. Remember, he's like a he's like an alderman, like the the uh-huh. guitar player, right? Yeah, but they actually got sued by a band who was a pop band who was already using that name in, I want to say either can I think Canada. Okay, it was so weird. Like it was that it was weird because like they're like this hardcore metal punk type thing, and they got sued by like this boy band. <laughs> I get, look look I guarantee you look it up you'll find it look it up real quick indecision I was well, the, the weird the thing weirds me out about it is that like a word like indecision is just like a regular word well that's what all it's weird well the I who, know the doors you know what I'm saying yeah well that's fair yeah I'm still mad that obituary got to be my balls obituary. I don't know I mean I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah my balls your balls yeah. <laughs> we listening to snot now no, we are oh, not listening dude. to Snot. Uh, dude, I, I was on a... Listen, I'm going to go off a tangent right now. I went to the Strangeland tour. Um, it was Snot, uh, Soulfly, Mr. Merengue. I'm trying to remember a couple of... You remember that Strangeland, the movie with Dee Snyder, right? The horror movie? Like Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. So Snot was one of the openers like for that show. Like They were like the third out of seven or whatever bands. Or whatever. And then Soulfly was kind of like the headliner because like, oh, it was a big deal. And uh, oh, yeah, uh, me and Chris uh, Chris Lindstrom, he went with me to that show. We went together. Um, and I remember seeing Snot. And I was, I thought, dude, I thought Snot was, they stole the show. Like I was like, this is freaking amazing. And then literally like within six months, the dude's dead. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's one of the biggest so, tragedies and oh. it did it so much energy dude that, i'm sorry like if you didn't see i know people like you hear their it's their music sounds very very dated now well so does a lot of shit so does if you listen to some like early soul fly or like you know early um what do you, what do you mean by dated though do you mean lack of <laughs> studio effects and <laughs> drum yeah, replacement yeah, yeah, what, like whatever you know what i'm saying like it sounds very late 90s you know like but like, I'm sorry, but like, if Snot, if if you want to get if it is Jeep and his dog, if they want to get hit by the semi, within the next ten years, they're probably the biggest one of the biggest rock bands in the world. They still are, I think. <sighs> Man. Guys that are in the I industry know. always I talk know. about Snot. I know. I know, but like, just it, they're one of those bands though that I think that you like. You're just like, what is it like? Squirrel zippers, like you know, they they died in that wonder a wreck. The couple guys, you know. Like things that were, where the guys like literally just gone. There's nothing left. It's like whoever was the engine behind said band is gone. Yeah. All you got was whatever they left. And like, I mean, look at look what happened to Drowning Pool. You know, they they, they were going to be the biggest band of the entire world. I'm not allowed. I'm died. actually legally not allowed to comment on that being for 
from the Dallas area, so oh, okay. <laughs> that's fine. All I'm going to say though is, you know, you had a guy hey, that was Dave, very. Dave, all I know is I know how I miss Dave every day, man. So, um, yeah, and so bad fucking dude, man. And uh, dude, you thought we were you thought we were mean to so fine. I'm so, uh, I, in our episode. I wish, I, well, here's the thing about here's the thing, about, and, and and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to hijack that. I don't think people outside of the where I the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, whatever, wherever the area, that, I don't think people understand what drowning pool kind of meant at that time, like around the time that they were like bubbling up and yeah. like when bodies, they, everyone knows bodies, of course. I don't think, hell yeah, dude, people. Those guys are so much. First of all, they just had that kind of. They only had that one album, and again, they're a great example of what pre-social media kind of left us. Nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, like a lot of bands nowadays, you just record nonstop. And if if our whole, if me, you, and Joe were to have a band for the last couple of years, and we were all dying to playing Crash tonight, there would probably be four hundred songs recorded on someone's laptop. Yeah, his. I guarantee, yeah. dude. Especially if that's my you know, laptop. But but bands like <laughs> but, but run it back twenty years to two thousand one. No, nobody's. I mean, there's there's whatever we had to to tape, you know, for our major label because they had the the studio time. That was it. And I don't think people understand like a band like I, I see where you're going with that because that was still the time yeah. when everything was on a four track somewhere, yeah. and that was probably a cassette tape, four track, a ten pound two inch tape roll reel. Yeah. And I, and I don't think people understand too. Like if you would have seen Drowning Pool in the the scene, like you know the the area I'm from, if you would have gone and seen them at a club show, or whatever, you'd probably feel the same way about them. And and look, I'm not in love with them and some, but I can't deny the powerhouse that they were in a venue back then, man. God, I mean, if you went into a, a and it was a really good record, but no, I'm not talking about the record, man. If you went and saw them live at a club in that time period, you, I don't care if you liked heavy music, you'd walk away a fan. Similar to where you know, like when people talk about you know Pantera pre getting signed, or you know, like any of these bands, you and I, they got before they, they people see like you should have seen them in a club. Well, yeah, you should have. You really should have. And unfortunately, though that that they got signed quick here out of DFW. They got the record. And then unfortunately within the, that year he was dead and it sucks. But like, man, some dude, unfulfilled potential is all I can say. Yeah. That's it. It's a, anyway, let's move on. I don't want to get Joe. You got to bring this. You, you got to bring this conversation. Bring up, Joe. You up, dog. I got to bring the conversation back up. So I'm going to show oh, more videos that. of Tight sweet jeans. hardcore from back in the day. Ne- oh, yeah. Choker break, cho- choker necklaces. Everybody loves those choker. Do those giant Adidas shirts? I used to wear. I used to wear a giant Adidas shirt everywhere, just like that. Probably the same year. Um, I think this one was. I think this is from. I can only see the dude's butt, so I can't identify the band. The dude's from, butt. What? Yeah. Hold on. <sighs> Who's the bleach drummer? Bleach one drummer. I, I think. Oh, this is Coalesce. What? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I thought I knew that, but I told you guys I was going to bring up the conversation. Yeah, man. I'm sort of a poet, dude. Cole S is like I I can't even believe we haven't even mentioned their name. Thank you, thank you, Daniel. I mean, Kansas City—they're not exactly local boys to us, but they're as close as we were going to get. Local enough. I mean, yeah, these guys were. I mean, I remember doing a. uh, We did a club in Kansas City, and we thought like, oh, this is where Cole S is from. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's not much else to it than that. 
<laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, "Listen, I'm uh, I, I just wrote a <laughs> thesis statement on Kansas City and all of its history." But uh, you know, shout out to Bubba Spins. I'm gonna grab something. One second. I'm yeah, you're good. Oh man, this Cole S video is like this is. I mean, this is what it was like to see this band back, like back in that time period. You were at someone's house, or you were at, you know, you think and think about, you know, we, we were talking about how. Um, uh, you know, bands are just good for. I, I can't think of how many bands I've seen just at someone's house that I thought were cool and then never saw. You know, that never saw or heard from them again. But yeah, definitely shout out to Bubba Spins because uh, the you know Bubba Spins died for the house show. They were a they were a house venue in um in Kansas City, Missouri, or rather in Raytown, Missouri, and um eventually. And I remember when Joe and I saw American Standards there. Um, it was like a really, it was actually a really good, really good vibe, you know, just being in the house and, and all that. But I was always like, man, I bet the neighbors are going to complain. Like it's going to become some sort of thing. And unfortunately that is exactly what happened is they're having this house show and the neighbors complain and then they end up (laughs) finding the city ends up finding this guy like thousands of dollars. (laughs) I thought I could find my copy of the coalesce can, um, coalesce get up kids split seven inch. Oh, okay. I couldn't. Sorry. I don't want to oh, spend good. more than like, I, th- I was like, let me run the corner. Hold on. Ah. Um, I'm blend and so m- more on, yeah, with, with, uh, with coalesce, like I, again, a guy was not into them whenever they were around. Um, just because, I mean, they, well, they weren't broken up by the time. We, it, Cause they, we didn't they know they, they were around when they were we around. Didn't know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 that's the thing though. Is like, you got like, so, okay. So what years were they, what years are they active? Let's like what years are they kind of like mid to early two late nineties, early two thousands, right? Yeah, they were definitely. I mean, they they were around a long time. I mean, like like ninety four. I they were say. they were getting zero radio play, but they yeah. were also they had no videos, right? They had no they had no like they no, no they didn't vi- have anything. I mean, they, dude, this yeah. is like in the late nineties. They were still playing house shows. They'd been around since yeah. ninety four. Okay. Oh yeah. Like they were act most active between like ninety four and ninety nine. They just and then eventually punk, punk DIY band all their career. Yeah. Well, then they they started getting notoriety after they had basically like broke up. So they, they yeah, kind of yeah. like got it. That, but then they got led, back led, together. The Led Zeppelin ten yeah. inch that I have, the nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And but all that kind of came after they were done touring. Like they were done being a, like a, a functional band. Right. And botch botch kind of had the same sort of uh the, the same sort of run where like what you're doing what they're doing is so influential yeah, to all ten, the bands they, that yeah, came basically after 10 it. years ahead of the time. Ahead of time. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, and, and a lot of people talk shit and a lot of people get mad. I tray you. I'm so, like, okay, let's let's keep moving forward in time. We're moving forward in time. Like, you mentioned them earlier. It's the same eight, thing. Eight, okay, listen. So when <laughs> so when I hit when, the button. When society's finest. The band that it was in. Well, I see. Now, when we were doing, when we were recording our full length album, like in Little Rock, we drove to Memphis to see 18 Visions do like a, I can't, where it was some garbage venue. In the and, but this was, this was like still baggy jeans, like, yes, you know, basketball jersey, like 18 Visions. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, Bring like back the, the giant pants, Dan. Uh, the real 18 Visions. Rams, <laughs> listen. Those guys, <laughs> y'all know how much I love you, but never ever forget baggy pants, 18 visions. I refuse, I refuse to have the image of 18 visions that I have in my mind 
be anything other than like just cool scene dudes in echo pants. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, Dude, I wore those pants for years. Yeah, um, but anyway, no, but like, yeah, like, like anyway, but 18 vision. Yeah. Another great example of a band. And I think they went on to prove though, that they, they knew their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they changed up genre, but that doesn't matter. Like their songwriting was always completely yeah. rock solid. Well, they got, they, their whole thing was they basically got signed to a label that said, do whatever you want. And yeah. they were like, great. And like, as they grew as songwriters and they toured and they saw the world, you know, early on, they're just like, do, 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 you know, like all the rest of us. Yeah. We all did that. Yeah. yeah. After a while, they're just like, man, they saw the world. They went to Europe. They went to Asia and stuff. And they're like, we could do this. And they did. And then boom, and it works. You know, it's like, it's just, I mean, think how, dude, I mean, just, we, we look at bands that are doing, you know, um, black Veil brides. and like, you know, um, what's the band from, um, Scranton that, uh, the, uh, the dude is getting the girl from, uh, the tattoo girl. Uh, God, uh, uh, um, they're from Pennsylvania. Um, uh, Oh my God. Um, hold on. We're going to get to the bottom of this right now. <laughs> I'm going to say this and you'll be like, Oh yeah. I'll be like, sure. Sure, that's mm. that's it. That is a thing. Whatever band it is, I agree. It is that no, it's, band. It's it's not Ice Nine Kills. It's the other band from Scranton. Um, oh my god, they dress like corpses and stuff. They're all gothy. Um, Death Clock. No. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, Joe. Oh, I feel so stupid. What is the name of the band? They're all. They're, oh my god, I'm gonna say this band. Code Orange. No, stop it. All right. Um, <laughs> aren't they from? Maybe they're not. No, they're not from. They're they're from. They're definitely not from. Well, they're from Pittsburgh. Joel's desperate now. He's looking for it. Like, what and is they the do, band called? And they, and, they, and they do wear makeup. <laughs> you know, they do. They and do now. Like, oh, shit. Those dudes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm, I feel so stupid. Tune in next time for the answer to this question. <laughs> okay, anyway, go ahead and keep talking because I'm going to. Oh, so you're so good. Dumb. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to see how like a lot of these bands, um, Parkway Drive was kind of that way too, where they like started off as one thing and um but they they kind of went out and made that money because they had all endured long enough to where Parkway they, Drive, that's funny, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, look at what they are now versus their their old, you know. Um they they go from yeah, cry me a fucking river, bitch, to like playing like <laughs> You know, playing like basically like Metallica Black Album type of uh, <laughs> type of stuff, and um, normally we shit all over that on the shows on the show, but um, sometimes we're totally for- Joe's like I'm I'm here for it, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, for me it just depends on what mood I'm in that day. Like, hey, if you're if you're ever in a band and you're listening to discography discussion, and I say mean things about your band, I was probably just had a <laughs> shit day that day. Sorry, and I'm taking it out on your recordings from t- twelve to fifteen years ago. <laughs> like, one thing I'm getting out of this conversation. I, I got the name of the band. What you got, Joel? What do you got? Motionless and white. Motionless and white. Oh my god! Thank you. Uh. I'm sorry. I, I, you I'm both sorry. lose five points tonight. Yeah, I'm so I'm, stupid. Oh, I, 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 I feel bad. But how silly now that because they have that one. What is that song they have about the area code from whatever steel town they're from? They're like, oh, uh, suck our wieners. And they're like, that's an older, like back when they were, you yeah, know, yeah. But, but now they're like all about, you know, the makeup. Anyway, so I'm 
Just now they're awful. now they're all about the art. <sighs> Can we please move on and talk about real bands, dude? Here's I'm the thing: real bands. One hey, thing guys, I'm getting from need, this if, conversation if, if, if tonight. Player, let me know. Hardcore <laughs> gives us the gift of hindsight. No, because you know, how many the- of these bands did we find later, long yeah. after they're gone, and it's all good? I mean, I don't know if it's all good, but it well, is. Good. I, I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. Turmoil is amazing, and I think that anyone that is currently listening to this part, if any anyone that's listening to this particular, it takes away of any of the bands we're talking about. One of the like, let's say, if we could do a top ten bands from the time period we're talking about, one hundred thousand percent, I think Turmoil should be in that list of bands. And another one, I think, would be. Um, uh, your mom. Okay. Cool. What? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, but terminal. Yes, one hundred percent. This conversation just died. Yeah, I know it did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Oh, look here at we are. We're, look we're at that. Tur- look at this. What does it do with the? Look at the homeboy with the, the couch. I know that dude. The the giant dude with the blonde hair. What's his name? Um, because he's so tall, and I'm tall, but he's taller than me. Good question. Man. You know another okay, so let, let's 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 run it back just a minute. Another band that I think that does not oh, a couple bands that I don't think get enough like respect from and here's the thing, like we're sort of coming from that we, we're coming from that hardcore scene, but we also come from the Christian metal scene. It's fine, nothing wrong with that. It's not a dirty word. Cyst is one of the bands that I think that uh, I think a lot of bands I mean, they're, they're, dude, they're re-releasing their record. I saw something recently. Yeah. Kind of like uh-huh. They're they're one of the bands that I think that people sort of like sleep on from that time period. Um, you and I also talked about um, Shutdown is another band from that late 90s, early 2000s time period that I do not think gets enough respect. Because um, they had like that one full length on Victory. Then they're just because like, you got to think like bands, they get signed and they go on tour and like this is fuck this. And they just break up. And they go work at their uncle's fucking, you know, whatever factory, you know? Right. Especially the from Jersey factory. or whatever. Like, they're just like, you know, like, you know, like, but anyway, so like, like, but shutdown's a good example. Um, Another um great, I know that I think they've been getting a lot of love recently, Um, which is finally wonderful, but Dwid and Integrity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know they've had a thousand members over the years, but Dwid, I'm based on the main guy, but like, Integrity is a great example of um they're a great example of a band that like from the time period we're talking about that people should check out. Um and man, I mean there's so god dude. Um well what I'm gonna do is go when for we're it, done, it. when we're done, I'm going to uh compile a playlist. I'm actually gonna go through with a fine tooth comb and I'm gonna make a playlist of every single band that we talked about. <laughs> so you can go and well the ones that I can find anyway. And uh you guys <laughs> can include early Atreyu and early eighteen visions. Gonna... I mean, you know, yeah. yeah no, dog. One hundred percent. Um, I will actually be right back while oh. you guys while Joe answers this question. <sighs> go for it, Joe. Talk the, about this is an easy answer. Uh the answer John Humphreys, no, we have not discussed figure four. And I have a feeling Dan is upset that we have not talked about figure four because he is having one of those, oh my God moments. Why haven't we talked about figure four? I personally like, listen, I, figure four, 
Great band. I love those dudes. Like they were around the same time my band was active back then. I fantastic live band. I remember the first time I saw them was at Cornerstone. Speaking of Cornerstone, and blew me away then. And then anytime we would have shared a venue with them over the next five or so years, you know, dude, those guys, <sighs> unbelievable live band, great live band. But the only thing was is they they kind of did that traditional kind of like new york hardcore sound yes the only thing that sort of held them back i mean if you call it during that time period like honestly if you would have fast forwarded them to like 10 15 years into like 2010 with their band they probably would have blown up but the fact that they happened like in the late 90s early 2000s you know pre-social media this and that and the whole like nyhc sound it was super like insular you know what i mean like people there were no matter what city you went to, um, during that time, there was always a crowd that liked that NYHC, you know, oh, you know, like, but like Mad Ball, like Sick All, Agnostic Front. Oh, you know, like, dude, Mad Ball. Any, any big city had that scene, but you could only do so much with like 50 fans in a particular town. Yeah. Hey, and they're not going to see you too, you know, if you're playing three times that week. They're not going to come yeah. see you all three times. Well, and just because they may see you in Chicago doesn't mean they're going to see you in like Champaign or like, you know, you know uh, freaking where, you know what I mean? Like, you can't make a U.S. tour out of fans of NYHC in the late 90s. Yeah. Which and is it, why those, which is why even the biggest bands of that didn't do much during that time period. Right. Yeah. So I have a question, actually. Uh, yeah. You're, you're the perfect guy to ask because. Uh, this is something that's always been bothering me, and we'll we'll end up wrapping up here in a little bit because we're kind of running out on running out of time. But um, yeah, I know, right? We're running out. We're running, running, running out of time. But uh, how do you like? Okay, so like, go back in time. You are planning out a tour. How the hell do you decide where to go? Okay, so, instead of like just showing up in some like yeah. hole in the ground place. Question, yeah. So in the mid. To late nights, I was involved in a couple different music scenes. I was in um, the metal hardcore scene as well, but I was also in like the alternative pop rock scene as well. You know, Daniel. I'm like, yeah. Um, it, we weren't a big band yet at that time, but like it was a, a very similar thing. So pre social media, pre dot com, pre what? So pre 2005. Let's just say, let's just say pre 2005. Like you know, from the beginning of time till 2005. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know, with you had you had, you had a couple things handy for you. You had like college radio, and you had fanzines, indie scenes, things like that. Those two things were if you were an independent artist, a band, whether you were a rock band or a metal, hardcore, punk, it didn't matter what it was. You used a, a network of fanzines and a network of college radio stations because the cool thing was basically almost any decent sized city in America has a college that has a radio station. And at least the cool thing or was two that, or three or seven. Oh yeah. But, but, but like, let's say if you lived in New Orleans, you go in Tulane, you have this where I was from, you know, like, you know, or like, um, and sometimes you have more, you have multiple cause you had like multiple radio, multiple colleges in the area, especially in the, the uh, Northeast and stuff like that or the West coast. Yeah. You know? Um, so you, but, but you would have these stations that would have a, a one hour show that would probably play your style of music. And there was these networks that you knew who to call the station, who was, who had the, whatever show. And you could basically book a summer tour that way. 
Because you knew okay. that who, who ran the scenes in St. Louis, Memphis, Nashville, Louisville, uh, Charlottesville, you know, like you kind of keep going then down to Miami and then across to New Orleans, Biloxi, Houston, you know what I mean? So that's how you would basically do it back then. And the thing was, also people don't understand too, is how cheap gasoline was. <laughs> people don't understand that when you and I were kids, gasoline was less than a dollar a gallon. It's like 80, you know, 75 cents, 85 yeah. cents. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in high school, like you could fill up your car for $10. Yeah. And that was like, like good gas. Dude, those were the days. So Even $20. A, right. Like, so as a, I don't band, want to think about how much I spent yeah. on gas yesterday. So as anyway. a band, you could basically <laughs> buy like a $300, $400 van, you know, a decent quality van. And then for less than a dollar a gallon, you could tour the United States sleep at people's houses and it was super easy to book because there's always venues there's always venues that needs that need people you know and then yeah. you basically just find you you try to find places that had a venue that would let you play and a radio station if it's college station or if it's a whatever a, a radio station that would play or at least promote your show they may not play your shit but at least they'd say hey um you know you know, Dickhead and the McGee's are playing at um, Charlie's on Saturday night. Come out, I'll be there. You know, right? When, and and you know, get what a mean? free radio station T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, but it'd be some college station. You know, like whether it be in Austin at UNT or whether it be you know in Champaign, you know, Illinois or you know all the places you can. God damn, dude. I mean, it's like ridiculous. But the the college network was what really helped you out back then. And it it was hard because I mean people don't understand, dude. Back then, like, it cost money to call someone long distance. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? For, yeah. I got you're know, trying to tell my daughter, like, hey, back then, if I wanted to call someone and they lived more than thirty miles away from me, it cost money. What yeah. do you mean? You're stocking no, up on those calling money. cards before you leave town. Yeah. yeah. And like, oh, dude, I remember, like, I remember we'd go on tour and we'd have like a, a yeah, like an ATT card. And you could like call the number and then type in the thing. That way, we wouldn't get screwed with like pay phones and stuff. You know, like right. you'd call the one eight hundred number and then you type in your number. Then you'd call the. Then you would type in the venue or whoever your contact was. Hey, um, we're in Albuquerque. Um, where do we need to meet you? And oh yeah, drive ten miles down the road today. Dude, it's insane. But that's you have just no, you have no GPS. You know, Nothing. Yeah. And this was even pre MapQuest, bro. Like, we would literally get like the old school atlases, like the books and stuff. It was like, here's the, here's, the, here's, um, Idaho. Bam. <laughs> I love, dude, I love you, bro. Um, but like, you know, yeah, like, like, yeah, it was atlases, not even MapQuest, not GPS, nothing, dude. Like, you literally had to understand how to, and it wasn't always too like, hey, Interstate 30 or Interstate. 75 whatever it may be yeah like sometimes it was some of these places especially when you're talking about small out of the way like college towns you're taking like highways and stuff and when you're in like a band full of tattooed guys in a van how are you gonna stop and ask for direction without somebody without grandma calling the police I can't, like dude, immediately there was, there was times i'm there there are literally times that i remember literally multiple times when we had been in a van, we had money and we were no drugs, no alcohol, like on us at all, like nothing in the vehicle. Just and our we, Bibles with us, ma'am. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, have fun trying to explain that to you. Um, <laughs> we'd pull into a place and like it'd be three in the morning and we were literally out of gas. And we're just like, oh, it'd be in the middle of nowhere. But we were okay because we didn't have to be at the venue until 
three the next day and it was only two hours away. But we're just like, well, this is, we're literally out of gas. So we'd pull into a place and they'd be closed. Oh, geez. And, and, and you'd have a cop pull up after about half an hour. Hey, what are you boys up to? Was, well, we're trying to get to so-and-so. We need gas and they're out, they're closed until seven in the morning. We all need to move along. We can't dip shit like we're out of gas. We all need to move <laughs> along. Take us to jail then, bro. Like, yeah. It's, but yeah, that's what life was like, like back then. Like you had no idea where you were. You were scared to death all the time that you were going to get hauled off to jail. I mean, it was, it was, and this was just, and, and the silly thing is, is like, we weren't, you know, like the bands, especially the bands that I was in, we weren't doing drugs or like drinking or like, we didn't have, you know what I mean? It's like, we weren't like a hip hop group. I can't imagine. Right, yeah. I can't imagine the shit that they had to go through. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and like we, we went through hard to- like ridiculously hard times just for look. And it, it really, I remember. So my dad, one of the songs that really sticks with me is, is a Crosby stills and Nash call Crosby stills and Nash song called almost cut my hair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about cutting your hair. It's about like, going through so much bullshit that you really think about changing who you really are. And I remember like as a kid going like touring in the late nineties, I remember like, I didn't have long hair or anything, but I remember like my dad playing that song from as a kid. And I remember just being like, it's not about that song's not about hair. That song is about like, you know, and like, I remember like going to these little towns and and, like people look at me, I was like, I didn't, I'm not even a hippie. I don't have long hair. And they're looking at me like I'm some like thug or something. It's like, Bro, I'm here. I'm just trying to get gas, man, and yeah. get away from your shit town. Yeah, can I? I just need some gas, maybe a Gatorade or something. You know, so, like yeah. yeah. It, it, that's, tour, yeah, touring during that time was hard. It was really hard. Well, then, and, and we had it easy as young. And I'm not trying. We had it easy as young Caucasian men. Like we really did have it very easy because yeah. there were other people that like had their life was hell trying to tour through the ni- 80s and 90s through America. I can't imagine. You know what I mean? I can't well, so, put myself in their shoes. So along that, along those lines, I have another question, and that is, um, I decided to just turn this into an interview. I'm gonna rapid fire questions at you know, um, we so like when you know with with especially um, with the with the Christian scene, like you know, I know a lot of the shows that you could get booked were like you know VFW Hall. <laughs> or yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, or, or or churches or, or youth youth sure. centers. This is our youth center. We have a juice bar in here. You know, like yeah. like, like that sort of thing. Um, you know, was there was there ever anything like? Did a lot of these guys that were booking you like booking you guys to play like their youth group? Or did they even know what you guys just sounded like? And were they shocked whenever they actually heard it? So very rarely. Um, okay. So when I was doing the societies, uh, so I was in a couple. I was in a couple of Christian like metal bands. I was in Society's Finance, did the No Promise thing. I, and I played bass a couple of the bands. Yeah. Most of the time, people that brought you in town, 97% of the time, someone in charge knew what you sounded like. They were okay. booking the show. Occasionally, you would run into an, you would run into an incident where, you know, Joey booked the show. Yeah. But, you know, Mr. Stevenson was in charge of the place or he's the pastor. Yeah. Or he's the, and he was just like, what is all this nonsense? <laughs> Which is what you never really get when you book secular shows, you know, when you book right. bars and you never get that garbage. 
everyone and, and honestly when with societies and we we tried very hard just to book like club shows we right. tried hard to avoid you know coffee shops you know you know what i mean like the, there are christian venues like we tried hard because those were always just an, just it would end up being like uh, just some kind of BS and some kind of hassle. You know? With the pastor walking out in the middle of your set. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Y'all can have your money back. Or, or, you know, or the pastor walking out or it just being like, I was going to take a minute. You know, anybody that has, has, uh, has dedicated themselves <laughs> to the Lord tonight. And, uh, you yeah. know, everybody that's got, everybody's got their promise rings on, right? That have saved their said, Please uh, just raise your hand up right now. Yeah. It's like everybody's got their eyes closed. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to see you. Nobody's looking. Team. Nobody's yeah. looking. Yeah, like that. That's the kind of stuff that even we dealt with, you know, yeah. a little bit in our in our smaller yeah. sort of scale band. And it's and I'm not tr- here like we tried to avoid it. We tried. We tried really hard. And and it might have been easier if we would have gone like the Christian venue route thing and tried. To, we just never thought of that as an option. Like we were just like we want to be viewed as right. like a metal band, you know. And like you and I have talked about, like I, I uh, we we made a lot of mistakes because we didn't have we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to blaze a trail that wasn't there. Like right. we're like, how do you do this? How do you come out of the metal scene, you know, with you know metal, you know, whatever, and like try to do this and be you know Christian, you know, Christian band, and like just trying to make good music. Like, how do we do this? And you know, we just we honestly we never could quite you know we we never could get a solid foothold and and make it work. And you know, I'm 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 you know I'm fully to to blame for like you know you know. I don't know, man, like not like not seeing certain things, especially as a young, young guy, you know, but man. Well, yeah, because I mean, you think, you know, the bands that we grew up listening to and even a lot of these metalcore bands, because I remember just thinking that like if a band had a tape out or they had a, they had a CD out or something that, that, that that meant that they were like on a certain level, you know, they were, yeah. So when you're playing in your own band, and some asshole from Pennsylvania calls you and is all like, hey, uh, I want to sign your band. You, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, man, this is it. This is, you know, they're going to make they're going to make a fucking lifetime original movie about this, you know, in, in 30 years about about my rise to fame. Just you show know? me where to sign. Yeah. And so you've got all this stuff kind of floating around in your head. And, um, you know, but at the same time, you're like, well, I'm artistic and I want to make I want to make what I you know, what I want to make. And I want to be yeah. creative and I want to be unique and all that stuff. And then you get out on the road and you're like, holy shit, is there even a market for this? Yeah. I think honestly, yeah. the road was really the only, the, the place where we started to experience resistance. And when yeah. I say, because like when it came to like getting signed, no one ever said sound like this or make music like that. Like they're just like, you guys are doing your, you guys went from zero to wherever you're at on your own. Here's a little more money. Go record an album and see if you can't go from there to here. You know, like no, like we didn't ever really had like, Brandon or like Roy or any of the guys that were at Solid State, like Bill, like they, they were never like sound like this. They were just like, Dude, yeah, I, whatever you guys are doing, man, over the last couple of years, you guys have busted your ass and done well. Here, go record a full length album. And, uh, you know, that was it. That was both good and bad, you know, because it would have been nice to have probably a little at, at hindsight, it would have been nice to have a little more sort of hands on. So, like, hey, do you guys have like a, an actual like lineup <laughs> that can tour? Yeah. Like, you know, it, but, but at the same time, they let us sink or swim on our own. You know what I mean? And whatever, you know, it's, it's, I can't, I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad they gave us as much freedom as they did. You know, it would, be, it, it would have been nice to have 
in hindsight, it would have been nice because I, I, I love Roy to death. And like, if he would have like called me up and said, Hey bro, do this. Or like, have you considered this? I would have done what he said. Cause like, I respected the shit out of him back then or bill, especially, you know, like I, yeah. I, if, if he would have said, Hey man, like, you know, the album's great. Have you guys considered like maybe this or that? And like kind of guided our band a little more. We sure. might, but there's also other circumstances that kind of, you know, like took our band in this direction that you know, we, we've, you know, and it just, just life shit, you know, and it didn't work out. You know, see, I'm surprised to hear that because isn't that the exception to the rule? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people would, would like to say that like, um, Oh, I would have been so huge if it weren't for this person. Ever. Honestly, like the only person that stood in front of me and success or me and especially me and Josh, like Josh, like society's like, just, we're just talking about this. Like it was mainly the t- me and Josh, like the the vocalist and like the songwriter, like we worked together. It, it We got in our own way. It would never the record label, never any, never the media or whatever. we got in our own way. That's all. Like we, we just, you know, like we were a little of, I think we we're a combination of a little ahead of our time and also just, just human bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and you know, from the label side of it too, I've talked to Roy a few times and, um, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think, you know, what he was kind of laying down was kind of at that time, especially with like the early solid state stuff, they were very, very encouraging because they're just like, we don't know, we're going to let these guys all do it. And they had a whole bunch of bands signed. So they're like, one There's of these bands, West. one of these bands is going to figure it out. They're yeah. going to do the mo. they're going to do the innovative thing. And, and they then, were right. And then we're all going to get paid. You know what I mean? Like it's all going to, it's all going to work out really well. And that's and not me out. saying that that's not by any means me saying Roy was like that. It's like, Oh, just get paid or whatever. But like, you know, cause it obviously has a real passion for, well, for you got to think too. So solid, solid states, solid state, dude. Think about the mainstream, like record industry. I remember, you know, like, I remember like in the nineties reading that, like, what was it? Like one to 5% of albums actually recouped, right? Like something like that. Yeah. Crazy low number. Honestly, like I think that solid states business model is way better than that. I mean, like I'm not saying that everybody go, but like, if you think about, even if like, like five out of 20 solid state bands broke, even that's better than the mainstream. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I think too, you know, at that time they're like, we're, we're letting a whole bunch of bands do a whole lot of different stuff. And dude, if we, if they want it, if one of them catches on, look at that trailer. We, I know we joke, but look at the, 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 the focal point is what got Ryan and them signed. But like, look right. at the training free Toby album. Yeah. That shit was weird, man. Yeah. It was odd. It was fun. But yeah. It was, but no. it was like, like what, what, what is this? A kid's not going to, a kid that grew, grew up listening to corn records. Is it going to grab a training for utopia record and be like, this is it. This is my jam. I mean, somebody probably did. But like that's exactly what you did, dude. That is that way. Isn't that the story I told at the beginning of this? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, and then you look at, and I think the thing you know to to bring this sort of to a head too is I think that like all of the hard work, you know, uh, John Humphreys commented earlier, you know, like thank you for going through all that back in the day, and that's actually a really strong, um, you know, I'll I'll actually throw it back up on the screen here because I like I like seeing (laughs) comments like this. But, you know, you say, you know, thank you. Thanks for going through all this back in the day. And you guys and all the bands I grew up with coming oh, yeah, through man. shitty little towns like mine. Like, I think it's cool seeing that it paid off. I'm not going to say it paid off for everybody. You know, obviously not everybody that was involved in that scene is rich now or anything like that. But like, 
really there was a lot of ways being paved and i know from your guys's perspective it's like well we were just trying to survive and do this band thing but you know you look at it now now you helped legitimize a style of music you know now when people say metalcore yeah man it's metalcore it's a it's a respected genre with you know you know billions of dollars in promotion and bands put out brand new music videos every day and they're still like i mean to look at look at look at musical trends like let's look look at take take, like take look at those man yeah that dude is like a hardcore black metal like he literally came he was probably one of the elementary school kids at our concerts when we were kids when we were when we were late in our 20s he was like someone's little brother that was at one of those shows right yeah and now that dude's like headlining Lollapalooza yeah that's what I mean like it's one of those like there's the inspiration aspect of it and then there's even, you know, like, you know, Ryan from Focal Point, TFU, and then Demon Hunter, you know, only gets, yeah, gets, uh, yeah, gets like totally, uh, he won a Grammy, right? He won a Grammy? I, think, I think he did. Yeah. For best packaging. Yeah. He won yeah. A couple, I think, yeah. Yeah. Not to mention he drew everybody's album covers for like oh, a billion oh, yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. You're like, so there, well, there's like, so did, Chris, so did Chris though. Chris did all our, our all of our, Chris, mm-hmm. who is guitar player for Society's vocalist for Embodiment. He also yeah. did all of our artwork. Yeah, but he also worked. He did like Marilyn Manson stuff, and like mm-hmm. also he, yeah, he Chris, dude. Chris is one of the most talented artists I've ever known in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's just thinking about that, like the impact that people have that's beyond just like yeah, yeah. Like I think it's I think it's cool because it's like if you look at other trends. Like well, I'm not I'm like, not gonna say his name, but one of my good friends, he's on tour right now, like with like Dua Lipa. Okay, like and he comes from our scene. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and like it's like it's like it's it's the guys that come from our scene because they were willing that work ethic and that like the the love of music the the the, the like the the me against the world you know mentality it allows guys from our scene to like be you know someone on uh, Paul McCartney's team or someone on Dua Lipa's team or someone on Harry Styles' team you know I know guys that work for those people and like they came from the scene that you and I and Joe like came from his kids yeah and like it's cool to see like someone that you and i know the tour manager for beach house right you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. like that happens and because the shit that we went through back then it's like if you could have success before social media and, and all this stuff and you have a you know a, established a reputation then now yeah then great we can totally use you now because you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. It's man. because you, and it's because you didn't give up after you failed the nope. first time. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's the lesson here because like what I'm, what I'm getting at with, with trends and stuff, you look at other styles of music that have folded in and out of popularity. Has metalcore slowed down since it became popular? I mean, sure. I, I mean, don't new- think, I don't think that it's ever, I think that once it kind of it hit, I think it's been higher, but I don't think it's ever gone below that impact point. It's never had the decline. Yeah, you know it, what I mean? Like, it, like, like, kicked, it kicked the door down. And was like, I'm here in the party. I'm here, and I don't think it's ever left. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's always there, and yeah, and I don't. There aren't a lot of other styles of music that got popular in a decade that like would still well, I mean, be still punk, continue on. Punk, like just like well, you know, and I use punk in quotations. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Other than punk, like metalcore was probably kind of oh, oh. So okay, here's the thing. I tried to have a conversation with someone this the other day. Um, you have like punk and hip hop, right? Like in the early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. And then come the mid nineties, metal core was kind of really the next underground thing. Yeah. 
Because yeah. other than that, you know, all the college radio stuff, which is all you know, cool, but it wasn't really like genre like bending and stuff. I think when metalcore came along, and I'll throw, you know what, I'll throw new metal in that as well. You know, fine, go ahead. But like from metalcore, new metal, all this, it, you know, mid to late nineties, like that was honestly, and since punk rock, that's really the biggest sort of. <sighs> people like doing kind of, a new thing yeah you know in I mean? that yeah. style of music and heavy music like because it was like thrash death um you know yeah, blam, thrash metal death yeah, or yeah, black yeah. Metal, and then all of a sudden yeah. here comes metal corner like it's a breath of fresh air like oh wow okay okay yeah and they just borrowed elements from everything and, yeah and blended it together in throughout a way the rule book yeah that worked and yeah that was I think that's kind of like what what we've been getting at after two hours is just the the impact of just a few people. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of a bunch of people that knew it's such a small world. Like that's one of the things that I've that's one of the things that I've noticed like just doing the show over the years has been like, you know, whenever I first started doing interviews and stuff, like actually talking to musicians and not just talking shit about their record, you know, privately on my own <laughs> podcast. Um, that's a whole other story. But like you know, it was like I'd meet one person, I'd do an interview, and it'd be cool. And then they'd be all like, "Oh, well, have you talked to you know so and so?" And it's somebody that's like, "Oh, I don't even know how to reach out to him." They're like, "Oh, dude, it's fine. Just like email him here." Or like, you know what I mean? Like, like kind yeah. of point me in the direction of who to who to talk to next. And you start realizing what a small world it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you know, three years later, you're doing a living sacrifice uh, question and answer session. And, you know, I'm sitting there. It was one of the weirdest moments of my life because, like, you've got Rocky Gray is there, you know, in a this is Zoom call, right? So you got, like, you got, like, Bruce Fitzhugh, DJ Sacrifice, you know, Arthur Green, you know, Corey and 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 Matt Putman are there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, what the, like, how, why the hell is my little picture up next to it? Because it's such a small world. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows each other. You know, and of course, I'm like the guy that's like, I was never even really a part of this scene. I showed up late for the party and was like, oh, hey, guys, let's talk about the old days. You know what I mean? Uh, and, it, you know, I like, felt like such a never yeah. felt like so honored and like such like a poser so yeah, much yeah. in my life during except in that moment. But yeah, it's such a small. Time, I'm sure they did a 100 percent job of like just talking to you, the bro. Oh, yeah, that's man. That's the thing It's like they don't make you feel any different. No, not at all. And it, it's Five that inclusivity. Talking, it's like I've known these guys my whole life. Yeah, it's that inclusivity, I think, that, that draws me to the style. Right back to, you know, it's like I, I sent a letter to Jesse Smith and he sent me stickers. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. sort of that's sort of like, you know, um, all of these guys that, that bore this massive genre on their backs for so many years and got no recognition for it, you know, are still the nicest, most humblest people on earth, you know? Yep. 100%. So I guess that's my in conclusion thesis statement. But uh, no, I agree, man. Like, like the people that the people from the scene that like I still can connect with today and talk to. Like, you know, I, I there's some of the best people I've ever known, and you know, I may not talk to them every day, but like if I shoot them a message right now, and if I haven't talked to them a year or two, like I shoot them a message and they respond back within hours. Like, hey, oh, cool, man, right on, man. Like, how's whatever, you know? I'm like, no big deal, you know. It's just because we have life man and like it's just they're just real you know what i mean they're real yeah. people yeah 100 well guys that this. is i love this scene that that is that is gonna do it for this episode of discuss metal live um right, i don't think i love you guys man yeah we love, love you, you too, too man and we hope that haircut, uh, we hope that we do a uh we, you know obviously this is not the last time you guys are gonna see joel on here he's got too much to say and not enough time to say it 
So well, we and will, then I'm uh, sure we'll have a ton of comments to respond to as well. Yeah, well, no, like, yeah. I can't believe you didn't talk about. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm gonna send every single one of those to you too. Do it, do it. Yeah, I'll just like I'll send it to you, and like it'll be like directed at me, and I'll be like, Joel, you want to tell me what the hell your problem is? How come you forgot this? Yeah, like so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll catch you guys next month uh, live on Discuss Metal Live. If you guys are listening to this on the audio podcast, because we'll we'll cut the audio, uh, we'll we'll cut the audio and put it in a podcast for everybody uh, to listen to. But if you're hearing that and you want to watch this live, make sure you're subscribed on Discuss Metal Dan on YouTube so that you get the notification and all that uh, whenever we do live stuff like this. So uh, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode of Discography Discussion, which I think is dropping as of the tape of this two days from now so uh you know make sure to look out for that and uh we will see you guys next time <laughs> <laughs>